Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute and talk about a product that we both love and use, and that is Simple Spectrum Supplement. Simple Spectrum is doctor formulated and third party tested, and they use only the highest quality of bioavailable ingredients. So it is free of all the junk and Simple Spectrum was designed with our kids and their sensory needs in mind. So it is unflavored dissolvable powder that is free of gluten, casein, added sugar, soy, Basically, it's everything you want and nothing that you don't want. Another reason why I love Simple Spectrum is because they are a brand that really educates and supports families, and they're putting out products that parents can trust. They also just recently came out with a fish oil that is awesome. I will say that we've been using Simple Spectrum for a while now, and when we first started using it with Logan, we really noticed a difference in his overall focus and attention, and that is something that the whole time we've been using it, we have continued to see the benefits of. So if it's something that you're interested in trying, you can go to their website. And if you use the code AIA at checkout, then you will receive free shipping on your order. So definitely, I totally recommend it. And like I said, if you want to try it, you can use the code AIA and you will get free shipping. Now on to the episode. everyone welcome to adventures in autism episode 159 i am megan carranza thank you so much for coming to listen if it is your first episode welcome so happy to have you you picked a really good one (laughs) to come listen to and if you've been listening thank you so much for coming on back to the show and i just want to start first by saying thank you so much to everybody who listened and reached out and just supported every all of us, my whole family, me, Logan, the whole crew. After last week's episode, I talked about Logan eloping from our home and what a nightmare of a situation that was. And I had said this on the episode, but I really did feel very nervous and vulnerable sharing that story because as much as I really don't judge anyone, <laughs> um, and that's the truth, if, truly, like I, I've I've never been a, a a judgmental type person, but especially after doing this podcast and just talking to so many different kinds of people, um, I truly have no judgment at this point. Um, and just the the life that we live, I have no room to judge anybody. But I know how quick people can be to judge others, and I, as much as I honestly don't don't care usually if. If somebody, you know, has something to say about me, that's their business. And it really doesn't concern me. I know that might sound kind of silly, but that's just my interpretation of it. Um, But at the same time, when it comes to, you know, Logan or all three of my kids, when it comes to their safety, I didn't want anyone to think that I was, you know, careless or not taking that seriously. Because, you know, if you know me and Manny, our kids' safety is paramount. And especially with Logan, we have always taken, you know, extra, extra precaution and used an abundance of precautions in our home. And I didn't want anyone to, you know, hear this story and think, oh my gosh, how did these people let this happen? But I will say I I got nothing but positive, you know, 
reinforcement, everybody just supporting us and loving us and really understanding the whole situation and knowing how quickly and often this kind of thing happens. I heard from so many of you who have been in a similar position with your children and you know, I, I don't want, I don't wish this for anybody truly, but knowing that there are others who have, have been through this, of course, does make me feel less alone in this. And it definitely, it is comforting to, to hear from others that, you know, have been there and have gotten through it just like how we did. And again, we're just, you know, trying to use this as a lesson moving forward to be more, safety conscious and just, you know, up the ante with our security and safety measures. And that really was the best part was that I had heard from a lot of you saying that you had been, you know, thinking about using extra locks or alarms or, you know, different safety measures and listening to the episode is what really gave you sort of like the extra push to, to go ahead and do that. And truly that makes me so happy because, if there's anything that we can, you know, take from this as like a small silver lining, it's that Logan and all of our kiddos will be more safe so that we are, you know, reducing the risk of this happening. Or if it were to happen again, God forbid, we have more, you know, things in place to help us find him quicker and just not, not have it become, um, such an issue like it was last time. So thank you again. And also thank you to everyone who congratulated me on three years of Adventures in Autism. So exciting. Can't believe that it's been three years now. Um, And today's episode is a really awesome way to kind of get into year three. This is a really exciting one for me. My guest today is Tiffany Joseph, who many of you probably know from her Instagram handle, which is Nye and nigh functioning autism. And Tiffany is somebody who I connected with, honestly, like right when I started the podcast, we connected on Instagram and we just really formed a friendship. We, her and I, I, we said this on the episode at the end, but I talk to her all the time. We are constantly messaging back and forth. I mean, at least a few times a week. And oftentimes it's about autism, but a lot of times it's about other things. We both love astrology (laughs) and all things kind of mystical. Um, And she is just a, not only is she just like a wonderful person and friend, but she is also a wealth of knowledge when it comes to autism because she herself is on the spectrum and then she has two children on the spectrum as well. So we talk about all that today. And the really interesting and cool thing about this episode is that Tiffany is an AAC user And she has, I mean, she's taught me so much over the years, but especially with our AAC journey with Logan, she has, she's just shed so much light on this for me. And what's really interesting about Tiffany is that she, she's not non-speaking. Tiffany can speak, but she also uses her AAC as she explains on the episode as just kind of a more reliable form of communication because she'll, she'll share this. Like she was diagnosed with selective mutism when she was younger. So, you know, it can be a challenge for her to to use mouth words, as she calls them. But having an AAC is just a much more comfortable, reliable form of communication when when she needs it. So I did ask Tiffany to be on the show 
at least a couple years ago. And at the time she declined because she does not use the phone. She doesn't talk on the phone. So I had said to her, okay, well, you know, maybe at some point we can be in person and we'll, we'll record the interview and it'll be great. And then just a couple months ago, Tiffany had told me that she had been, you know, amping up her AAC usage and that she was able to use a uh, voice producing AAC and that we could record the episode that way. And I was so excited to A, just get Tiffany on the podcast because I've been wanting her on the show for so long. But B, this is the first episode where, you know, I have a guest that's using AAC, which I just think is amazing. And I'm truly just so honored to have Tiffany on the show. We talk about a variety of topics today. And again, I just, I can't stress enough how, how much Tiffany has taught me and just really been there for me as somebody who, she just has so much patience (laughs) with someone like me who, especially in the beginning, had so much to learn and still does have a lot to learn. And I, I don't always get it right, but I, I will say that Tiffany has just been so kind and so patient with me and really does just have such an interesting perspective as somebody who is both a parent and an individual on the spectrum. Uh, she really is just incredible. So I'm going to stop yapping. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hello. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm doing good. I was just telling you, I'm so excited to have you on because you're someone who I have wanted on the podcast for so long. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit more later and how now we're making it happen. And I mean, there's so many reasons why I want to have you on. But honestly, one of the biggest ones for me is just you really have been like, such a lifeline to me as a parent through this journey. You and I had connected on Instagram and there has been just so many valuable things that you have taught me and showed me and really just like opened my eyes up to. So I am like endlessly grateful to have connected with you. And I just feel like having you on the podcast now is like such a full circle moment. So just thank you so much for being here. Thank you. So, okay, I've got some questions for you and we'll just jump right in. So for anyone who's not familiar with you, you have children on the spectrum, but then you yourself are also on the spectrum. Can you tell me a little bit about your own diagnosis and how that came to be? Okay. I was initially diagnosed with several autism adjacent things early on during elementary school. So selective mutism, ADHD, and central auditory processing disorder. After having extreme mental health problems my first year of college, right after I turned 19, I was sent to the university department for severe depression, where I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and Asperger's along with depression. At the time, depression was taking over my life, and I didn't give Asperger's another thought to be honest, because it was explained to me that it meant I was smart and socially awkward, which to me was a dumb moment. I was thinking, oh, okay, there's a name for that. But I did very little research at that time and was more or less embarrassed at even having the mental health issues then, so I hid that word away out of shame from myself and others. Forward to my early to mid-30s, when I was a parent, my dad had terminal cancer and I was in an abusive relationship. I was again what felt like then. I was forcibly sent to a psychiatrist and therapist. It was at this time I was diagnosed with ASD. 
At that time, they mentioned that it used to be called Asperger's, and I put two and two together that it was the same thing as I heard before when I was experiencing a similar depressive episode. From here, I actually was able to process this, and based on my oldest son's information from school, I realized that he is also autistic. From that revelation, I made it my mission to learn as much as possible about myself, my current and previously diagnosed conditions to get better but also help my kids. else I had been experiencing since I was younger were seizures. However, they weren't convulsive, obvious ones which I was diagnosed with hyperactivity and inattention pretty young because certain seizures mimic those things like the pausing, but some seizures look like daydreaming or not paying attention. But I also had many sensory seizures when I was younger, but I thought everyone experienced those things like feeling a metal smell and simultaneously pressure rise up in my head. Seeing little streams of stars when waking up in the morning, knowing that particular feeling will make me extremely tired in a short while, and even throwing things down without control. I never thought it was just me, so I never mentioned these feelings to anyone. It got to a point where I had been constantly seizing, because it was getting hard to even function in daily life. And it took years for me to even get properly tested, because by this time, my seizures were obviously disruptive, where they weren't before, so then I had a 25-minute EEG and had consistent patterns the entire time. So being diagnosed with epilepsy as well and realizing I always had it and was affected by it kind of concerns me that the medical system is not doing enough to get proactive about autism and epilepsy and other co-occurring conditions that are physically disabling as well. I really think there should be an autism and disability specialty in medicine. I could not agree more. I feel like autism is such like a different animal than so many other, you know, medical conditions, diagnoses, whatever you want to call it. And it's been really shocking to me just in the time that I've had Logan, like last year when he was in the hospital, I was shocked at how many of the medical staff just had like absolutely no clue about autism. Like he doesn't feel pain, you know, the same way as a typical child does. So even though he had this like huge gaping open wound that I'm sure was painful. He wasn't like showing signs of pain. So they would like, Oh no, he's, he's okay. He seems fine. And I'm like, people, he has autism. He's not going to show pain. And it was like me just saying that, like they didn't even, they're all like, Oh wow, that's interesting. And I'm like, did you go to Um, medical school? (laughs) uh It's just like little things like that. Um, thank you so much for sharing all that. I mean, I know a lot of your story cause I'm just familiar with you, but it was really interesting to kind of hear it all like that and how you kind of said like you were like putting two and two together and like putting these pieces together. And then like that kind of made the whole story for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. Um, tell me, obviously you answered that question with AAC. When did you start using AAC and what has the, just tell me about your experience with using AAC and how it's helped you overall with communication. Informally, I have pretty much always used AAC. I can't speak about feelings at all, but I can write about them. But I never shared my feelings with anyone, even though I wrote them. I guess it never occurred to me until recently. 
but formally was AAC usage came after my therapist suggested writing as a way to communicate much later on in life because talk therapy doesn't have to be with mouth words. You actually had a hand in me wanting a speech-generating device or app. You had asked me to be on your podcast and were the first ever one to ask me. But at the time, I definitely couldn't have done that with my speech not always being reliable for me. It had never occurred to me until then that I could use something besides text, social media, or email to talk to people. I wondered if I could just use a speech-generating app and still have access to reliable voice. I know non-speaking autistic people who communicate using AAC full-time, so I started researching apps and fell in love with always having something to count on. And I learned that I have a right to still be heard even when I can't get it out physically. And every human has that right. Right now, I don't see any reason why AAC of all types shouldn't be in the hands of every teacher in every classroom and students as well as sign languages. I, I, you had shared that with me, how it was me asking you to come on the podcast. That was what really kind of drove you to, like you were saying, getting the speech generating AAC. And um, that just makes me so happy because I'm so thrilled that I had like any part in helping you kind of like, you know, reach this new goal and gain this new skill. I mean, like you said, you've always sort of used AAC in an informal way and you, you are such an incredible writer. And I think it's so interesting to hear you say that you can write your feelings, but you can't talk about them. So like you said, therapy, like I'm sure, like what's, what's the point of being in therapy if you like, you know, you're not able to express yourself. So having you know, AAC. And like you said, you don't have to use mouth words to express yourself. I just think that must be like such a gift for you that you like have, like you were saying, this reliable form of communication. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's like a weight off my shoulder. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. That's incredible. Well, like I said, I, even though I had a, a very small part in that, I'm, I'm so glad to have helped you in any way because you've helped me in so many ways. So that is just incredible. Um, and thank you for sharing that. You had mentioned before that after having, after your own diagnosis and just learning more about autism, that was when you, you saw the signs in, in your own children. Um, and I know that you have multiple kids on the spectrum. What similarities or differences do you see in them that you see in yourself versus them. And, and I mean, obviously we know the spectrum is like so wide and varied and it's so interesting to me always, like, especially with, within like one family, there can be like such, like I was saying differences, but also similarities. What have you seen with your own kids? My son was very similar to how I was told I was as a baby, very quiet, stimmy and rough. My daughter was completely different from me. However, she was very vocal way before she could talk, then was quite talkative, and just like a go-getter in every situation. My youngest, I think, is a lot like me, too, and a good balance of my daughter. They all have intense lifelong interests that haven't changed like me. I love that. I think it's so interesting, yeah, how you said it's like they they have these similarities to you. And I'm sure like, I know there's, there's things that I see in all my kids that I feel like that just kind of like strengthens your bond to them. And 
I'm sure it's the same way for you. Like, it's like when you see something that, that, that you do, then you see your kids do it. My, my middle one, Liliana is like the most like me. Like there's so many things that she does. I, I can just remember like exactly those doing that, like as a kid. And I'm like, she's so much like me sometimes that it's scary. <laughs> it is. Cause it's like, how did you create a, a carbon copy? They weren't there the first time, but they still know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know. It's like history really does repeat itself. Yeah. Um, that's, that's so interesting how, like you were saying, it's like you can have, have the similarities, but also the differences. Um, so like I was saying before, you really have just taught me so much and you're such an incredible advocate. Did you always want to help others with like education and resources related to autism? Or when did that come to be like the advocacy for you? Actually, it wasn't until I saw things from the parent's side after only seeing it from an autistic point of view for a while, I realized how the entire disability complex is set up in general for most families to fail unless we find some points that we agree need to be changed from all sides and start changing the system. That's so interesting, and I think it's so true, because obviously we know there's like so much divisiveness like within the community among like parents and then, you know, individuals on the spectrum. And I feel like it can, it's such a bummer because I think we really do all want the same things for, for ourselves and for our kids. Um, but it can just be hard to hear each other. Cause it's like, we're sometimes we're saying the same thing, but just in different ways. Uh-huh. I know for me, like as a parent, I'm just always coming at it from a perspective of like, I, I don't know what it's like to be autistic. I only know what it's like to have an autistic child and to be raising this child and to be their parent. So it's like, I never want to like step on, you know, an autistic person's point of view or where they're coming from. It's just my, my perspective and my point of view is a lot of times very different, but I know for me, like I've learned so much from the autistic community and I'm so grateful because I, it's, it's such like a, it's like a little bit of a window sometimes into what things might be like for Logan. Cause again, I don't know what it's like for him. I only know what it's like for me as his parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. yeah, I, I mean, it's, I, I, it's something I think about all the time and I don't, I don't want it to be, I don't, I wish there wasn't so much like conflict and divisiveness. And I mean, I'm hopeful that we can find more common ground you know, someday. Um, but I mean, I think there, there are a lot of people like me and like you that are like really open to, you know, hearing both sides and like wanting to listen to each other. And I just wish that we could all be like that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Um, okay. So kind of on that same thread, you really have taught me so much about not limiting my expectations for Logan. I can, there's like so many times I can think of in particular, but I remember there was once you sent me, it was an image of um, like a middle school or high school boy and girl, and they were holding hands and the caption was, it must've been from um, one of their parents. And it was like, this is, this is my son he's nonverbal. And so is his girlfriend. And they have this like amazing relationship and this strong bond, even though like they're both non-speaking. And I remember like you sent me that image and I just like burst into tears because that was one of the things that 
it's people ask you the strangest questions, which you know that, but I remember like when Logan was first diagnosed and I was telling like some of my family and friends, they were like, do you think he'll, he'll ever date or he'll ever get married? And I was like, well, I don't know if he'll want to a, right. (laughs) I'm like, if, if he wants to maybe. And that was, that was my, my kind of understanding at that time was, I was just like, well, if he wants to that, that I hope he can. But then it was one of those things where it's like, I almost kind of tuck it away and I don't let myself think about it too much because it can feel, there are certain things that definitely I still have like a real emotional tie to. And when you sent me that image, it, like I said, I just burst into tears because it, it was like this picture of this absolutely can happen. It honestly kind of chokes me up right now talking about it. Um, it absolutely can happen. And when it does happen, it just makes sense. And it's, it's beautiful and it doesn't have to make sense to everybody else. But if it makes sense to Logan and he's happy, like that's all that really matters to me. Um, and that, like, so, like I said, that's just one example of like so many different things that you've just shown me and taught me, but what, what do you want, you know, neurotypical parents to know about their autistic children? I know that's like a really loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) So anything you can share. (laughs) I can, I can simplify it. That their kids have the same wants and dreams as any other child or adult. And their loved ones deserve the same educational and communication opportunities as any other kid. I think that is a really good answer. (laughs) Very, very like to the point. And I think that it's something that it sounds so simple, but I think it's a good reminder for parents to hear that. And just, just like how I said, that's something that you've taught me is just like not putting limitations on what I expect for Logan and just for his future. I feel like that that's something like, I just, I think that we can't get enough of really. Um, we talked about this a little bit before, just kind of like the sort of like the conflicts within the community. Um, but more so like, I, I'm just wondering from your perspective, how do you think we can best work together and support each other in this community? It would be nice if we realized that we all want and need services, whether we are a parent or disabled adult. We all want and need fair education access and access to communication before even preschool. Adults and teens also need the same as it's never too late to get access to communication nor too early. We all need access to affordable housing as humans, but speaking directly for the autism community, Parents need that for their kids, and adults need that because keeping housing is rough for even non-disabled adults. It's very difficult for autistic adults for plenty of reasons. We agree on those 100% of those main points. And that would solve like 70% of some of the extra stress we take on as autistic adults and families with autistic loved ones. We can also listen to each other's hurts and pains and try to understand where the others are coming from because I promise you, this system has traumatized all of us. I think that's a really, a really good point. Like you said, just listening to each other because there are those things that, that we agree on and, you know, we all, we all want better, but then, yeah, there, there are those pieces that I think can still be difficult to hear or to just kind of reckon with on, on both sides. 
Um, and like I said, I, I, I'm so grateful for people like you who I just, I like in so many ways, I feel like you kind of like took me under your wing <laughs> to like show me this, this world. Because I mean, I know like when, when Logan was diagnosed, I definitely didn't know anybody who had a child in the spectrum, but I definitely didn't know anybody who was on the spectrum themselves as an adult. Um, and especially not somebody who was like willing to just see how like clueless and and blind I was <laughs> to so many things. And just like, really, like I said, really opened my eyes to, to, to so much. And I, like I said, I, I really am just, I'm so grateful for, for everything you do. And I'm so thrilled that we finally got you on the podcast. Yay. Yay. You did awesome. And I think this is going to be really helpful for a lot of people to hear. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. This was great. And I, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. You and I talk like all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're always like messaging back and forth. And that's, that's what's so, what's so amazing about this community is that, you know, people that you would not have connected with otherwise, when it's like right. you, people that, you know, yeah, like you, you learn and grow with them. And it really is like, it's so beautiful. The the episode that came out this week, we talked a lot about support and like finding like in-person support, but I think so much of it can come from your, your online village and community. Oh, definitely. Yes. And, and yeah, for, for sure. That's definitely something that I get from you. So just again, thank you so, so much for, for everything you do and just for being here. Oh, thank you. And social media is another form of AAC, just it's wider reaching. I think that that's a really good point. And like how you had said that, like informally you had been using AAC, like really your whole life, because that was just what was like available and, and comfortable to you. Right. So I, I love that. It's like now it's expanding into to other things. And again, just like any communication is good communication. Yes. Yeah, for sure. All right, Tiffany. Well, this has been a delight. Thank you so much. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Tiffany. Isn't she just amazing? I really, I can't say it enough how, how much I just appreciate her coming on the show and really for everything that she's done for me over these past like years at this point with how much she has taught me and just changed my perspective and informed so many of the just decisions and she really has done so much for me. So I was so excited when she had shared with me that one of the reasons why she had, you know, really ramped up her AAC usage and wanted to find a, like a speak to text AAC is so that she was able to come on the podcast. Cause I've been wanting her on the show for so long. And initially when we had talked about it, she told me that, you know, using the phone would be a challenge for her. So getting her on the show and having her use her AAC, I just think is like incredible. And I, I really am so grateful to her just for everything. I do want to say that one of the things we talked about on this episode, the the image that she had shared and when she first shared, it was honestly probably like a year ago or even more of the two non-speaking teenagers who were boyfriend and girlfriend um, and just how much that really opened my eyes and how much I appreciated her sharing that. She actually just reshared that image this week. So I'm going to go ahead and share that too when this episode comes out because I, I just think so much of what Tiffany posts is it's the kind of stuff that I really needed to see 
and still do <laughs> need to see as someone who is, you know, just kind of ignorant and still learning about this, this world of autism. And again, like how I said in the show, I have no idea what it's like to be an autistic person. I only know what it's like to be the parent of one. And that's where I'm coming from. Having somebody like Tiffany who has both perspectives, that of a parent, but also as somebody who is on the spectrum, is so valuable and just eye-opening. And really, I am I'm endlessly grateful for her. So if you're not following her, definitely check her out on Instagram at Nye Functioning Autism. She is, oh, she's just the best. So thank you so much again, Tiffany, for coming on the show. I am so grateful to you. And I loved our, our conversation. So if you'd like to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I always love hearing from you guys. If you are enjoying the show and you would be so kind to leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. We are getting so close to 200 reviews. I think this morning when I checked, I was at like 196 with reviews. Um, and those really do not only just warm my heart and make me so happy, but having the the ratings and reviews really does help other people to find the show. It makes it like more searchable. So if there's anybody out there who would benefit from listening to this podcast, having those rating reviews go up really does make it easier for them to find the show. And that really is my whole goal with this. So if you are enjoying the show and you have not yet left a rating and review, I would be so, so grateful if you would leave a few kind words or just tap that five star because that really helps too. So that is all for now. And until next time, take care. Thank you.